Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Joelle. Today we are joined by Michael Newman, the Chicago-based principal and creative director of eStudio Chase, a branding, design, development, and marketing firm that he runs nationally with two other designers. Michael, who goes by Newman, has recently been dubbed an Andersonville craftsman by the Chicago Eater for his recent work on Bright Walk Kitchen in River North via his own firm, Michael John Newman Design and Build. He has also worked on projects throughout Andersonville and Chicago, including the redesign of our 2018-19 Andersonville Neighborhood Guide. Welcome, Newman. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. How are you today? Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. So how did you get your start in design? Can you tell us a little bit more about your background? Sure. I was, um, first of all, I'm from a really small town in Florida, um, some of the kind of the son of the South, and I always grew up... Uh, artistically um always knew i was going to be an artist i ended up um going to school um in the end for uh, sculpture uh, i was an art major with a concentration in sculpture and uh, two minors in graphic design photography and another minor in in art history um but uh, upon graduation i i looked at all the classified ads for sculpture majors uh for people who needed sculptors and i couldn't find anything so i kind of jumped into the design field and kind of uh hate to use the word sold out but um kind of wanted to use my artistic ability to uh, make some money and so that's what i did and um turns out i was pretty good at it so um i started working for pre-press houses in the south and um decided to move to chicago after a while and um, started working for a uh, design house called Maj Design. Um, and uh, eventually went off on my own about um, three and a half, four years later. Nice. And so eStudio Trace has been in business for 18 years. Right. Can you tell us about the history of the company and how the three of you um, came together to join for forces? Sure. My principal partner is uh, John Hopeful, and he's in Prescott, Arizona. Initially, we um, when we started the company, we went to school together in St. Augustine, Florida at Flagler College, and um, he ended up moving to San Diego, and I moved to Chicago at the same time, and we were going to decide then where we were going to have our studio. We both uh, were surfers in Florida, and um, we, um, we were best friends, and so I knew I loved Chicago from a few visits that I'd had here, and I knew that uh, I also loved San Diego, but I knew he liked it more. So over time, we decided that um, we were going to figure out which, studio, which city we were going to move to permanently. Um, but I fell in love with Chicago and, and, uh, he fell in love with the weather. So, <laughs> uh, so I, uh, we ended up having two studios and it worked out pretty well. Um, I don't know if you guys probably know San Diego as well as I do, but they, you know, it's, it's a different kind of business environment. Whereas Chicago is, you know, if you can't make it here, you just weren't trying. And so I found it, my rhythm and, and Chicago's rhythm were much more in, in tune. So it worked out pretty well. And over the years, he's moved now the studio to Prescott, Arizona after moving to Denver first and now um, recently back to Prescott. Okay. Yeah. So you've worked closely with the Chamber on a lot of projects, including the redesign of our logo and branding in 2013. What was that process like and what other projects have you worked on for the Andersonville community? Sure. So the first question, the process for the Andersonville branding guidelines and the... Um, the logo, if, if you will. The um, it was pretty neat. It was obviously with the um, the former regime at the chamber, but the, they came to us and we bid um, a pretty strong bid for them. Um, basically, designed the entire thing for the bid before we even won it. Um, but the interesting part was designing something that could be 
classically used. In other words, we can design something um, now for, at the time in 2013, we designed it for the Arts Weekend. And our goal was to be able to transfer all of the branding for Andersonville itself to future events. Midsummer Fest, everything that you guys do, Taste of Andersonville, all of that, um, seamlessly. Uh, so it was important to keep it nice, clean, and simple. Um, in 2013, was right before the water tower had to go down. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> so, uh, so the ironically, uh, we designed everything based around a very stylized uh, icon of the water tower, um, and then a fun font, and then a secondary font um, typography. Um, and then as soon as we released the, um, the branding, uh, throughout the, throughout the area, um, and even made press releases, that's when we learned that the Andersonville, uh, water tower had to come down. So, um, funny enough, anybody that was around during that time or after that time didn't know what, what we were pointing out with the icon. So luckily it's back. And, um, I feel as though the icon itself can be seen. Uh, you guys have used it over and over again. Um, and now the icon can be seen by itself without having to be, have the word Andersonville underneath it, which is always a goal for any kind of branding wonk is to design something like the McDonald's logo that I don't have to type McDonald's underneath their icon for you to know that it's McDonald's. And I don't think you have to type Andersonville anymore, especially in this, this area, probably all the way down to downtown for people to know that you're talking about Andersonville when they see that icon. And that was our goal. And I I think we did a pretty good job of it. It seems to be, um, Working even now, you know, five years later, um, the new redesign, that I know we're going to talk about it in a minute, but the new redesign of the uh, neighborhood guide implements it very cleanly and simply. Mm-hmm. And we're able to transition that icon and that, that typography into to new and different things. Yeah, it's nice when we can just use that symbol on the top of, you know, all of our agendas and letterhead right. and, and, that's right. you know, it just... Symbolizes. And wear it on our t-shirts. Like you've seen our staff walking around with our branded yeah, I, tank top. I, I keep asking you who, whose logo I have to design to get a t-shirt around here. Um, <laughs> well, we have plenty in our office. You should just come grab one. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, and then I understand you've also designed the logo for like Andersonville Wine and Spirits. Mm-hmm. Anybody else in the neighborhood that you've worked closely with? Initially when, we, you know, our studio was downtown for many years um, and um, I moved to Andersonville um, in 2005 um, with when I had my daughter. Um, and I had a kind of a dream of, of, of a book called designing Andersonville. And so we actually did quite a bit of designs for all the local businesses here. Mm. Um, only a few of them still exist because of, you know, they've gone out of business, but, um, styles, uh, the salon, the, um, the hair salon is one of them. Jinju, um, nail palette. There's a few other ones, but, um, the idea was then to create kind of a portfolio of just Andersonville so that we could eventually take a step back in, in 10 years and, and look and see as we walked down the street, all the logos and icons and basically designed a, a complete linear narrative for the neighborhood. So, yeah. That's great. And I hope that designing Andersonville book becomes a reality sometime. I think we're on our way there with this new neighborhood guide in a way. Um, so speaking of that, uh, as we've mentioned, Newman, you are one of the creative forces behind the redesign of the 2018-19 Andersonville Neighborhood Guide, and we released that this past May. Can you tell us a little bit more about the process and what this guide means to you? Uh, I know you and I exchanged so many emails over the course of several months, but did you discover anything that surprised you about the community? If I'm honest, no. 
um, because I've, I've, I've also lived here for, for so long that, um, and, and before then I was, um, I'm really close friends with the original owner of Jinju restaurant. Um, and so I was visiting here all the time as well. Um, getting my, uh, getting my soju fix, if you will. And, um, so, you know, I already know everybody. Um, when my daughter was born in 2005, January 2005, um, you know, we walked the streets. Everybody knows her, you know, and everybody knows my dog. So the truth is, it's such a great community of artistic entrepreneurs that um, I already knew what they all thought. You know, it, it's it's just a matter of of getting out of their way. And that's what we kind of, when, when we started doing design processes with the neighborhood guide, it was really just trying to create that narrative that was already there. Just just get out of everybody's way. You know, the advertorials that you guys came up with, um, you know, we, we don't want to ornament them. We want them to tell their own story. To There's already a narrative. It was just my job then to make that narrative linear um, to the total story, if that makes sense. I, I don't believe in ornamentation. Um, like a famous furniture and, and, and architectural designer, Henry Vandeveld said in 1901, you know, ornament has no life of its own. It only exists in the lines and forms of the object itself and where it finds its organic place. And so that is, that is really what I wanted to do with the neighborhood guide. And that's really how we apply everything. Um, we, we don't, if we're going to do something, we better do it on purpose, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we kind of looked up the neighborhood guide as. Um, it's already a beautiful neighborhood. It already has beautiful people. We just have to get out of their way and, and then tell their story. And, and what would you say you appreciate most about Anderson Bell? I mean, just to jump back on is, is the people, mm -hmm. um, you know, living here for as long as I have. And, and now our studio is back here in Andersonville. Um, you know, it's, it's just great to be able to walk down the street on the weekends and know that during the week that I see it, um, I see the nuts and bolts. And then on the weekend I can still walk into, um, scout or lady Gregory's and I'll know that uh, I saw what you guys were doing during the week to get your business ready for the weekend when, when everything is going crazy around here. Um, you know, and then, and then new people too coming in. I think that Cowboys and astronauts done a great job of, of implementing itself into the, the, um, fabric of the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the, the new restaurant Paso Rito is, is wonderful as well. Um, so I think that they, I think that the community itself is um, very organic. Um, when I first moved here, you know, we had all the Swedish delis and, and things like that. It was it was very much, um, it was still a gay neighborhood, but it was also a very much a Swedish neighborhood. And, mm -hmm. and, this, and you can still see the remnants of the Swedish neighborhood, but um, it's evolved into something much more... Um, it's much... These are not just my neighbors, they're more my roommates, if that makes sense. It yeah. does. So let's talk about your design and build firm and some of the projects you have worked on. How long have you been a craftsman and how does your graphic design and web-based work translate to woodworking, um, you know, which is a different form of creativity? Sure. So like I mentioned before, I was a uh, art major with a, with a concentration in sculpture. So, um, and I'm also grew up, um, you know, my dad is a, a craftsman. Um, and we built our home together. You know, I roofed <laughs> from a young age. I was always the one that had to get up into the attic and do the, the, the swing of the hammers when I was smaller. Of course, I'm, as you can see, I'm gigantic now. <laughs> you can't see this on the radio, but I'm, I'm seven foot tall. Anyway, uh, we, <laughs> uh, so I've always, I've always uh, worked in that way. But, um, you know, working in three-dimensional art was a, a nice transition 
into uh, furniture making or interior design. So how it happened was um, our company had been going on and on, and I have a really close friend um, named Seth Hanau who partnered up with a, a, a restaurant owner of uh, a restaurant called Simitas Puebla, mm-hmm. and it has a bit of a it's a bit famous. It's on the far west side in Humboldt Park. And it was uh, on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, I think is the name of the show. Anyway, Triple D. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, he partnered up with him and, and bought into the business and wanted to uh, bring it downtown. So he bought a space on Fulton Market and then had me come in to rebrand the restaurant. We couldn't just take a, a old-school tagaria and transplant it into the West Loop. So it was my job to um, clean it up. Um, not lose its, I'm going to like this word, but hipster authenticity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also um, the original owner, it was really important for me to kind of give him what he wanted. You know, a lot of people can't execute what their vision is uh, visually. Um, but what he wanted was he wanted to show off Puebla, Mexico. And people don't know that that's where Cinco de Mayo originated. Um, you know, it's a, it's, it has a very big French influence and Italian influence. Um, so it was my job to try and translate that into, translate his vision into visually. And so we did come up with a great design. It got, um, in the end, once it was opened in uh, Fulton market area, um, it got written up in architecture magazine and a, and a few other people from the fast casual restaurant community, which I didn't know existed beforehand, um, came in and they really liked it. And, uh, another, um, one, another restaurant owner who was just about to open a restaurant, um, Jeremy Claben, he decided that he really liked the restaurant and he wanted to get my name and came up with ideas for his new concept, which is called Brightwalk Kitchen. And so as soon as we finished uh, Samitas Puebla, somebody came in and wanted me to do another one. And whereas this was just a side project, it was just me, you know, guiding contractors, um, building my own furniture. Um, doing art installations inside, um, but it was certainly a side project that that wasn't monetized. And so when Jeremy came in, he let me have a little bit more rain, and I got to do I, I, what I really enjoy about it is doing the research on the on the background of the restaurant, on the background of the food. Um, and he allowed me to do a lot of good stuff in there. And so it's we opened that one um, two years ago um, downtown on Adams, and just recently he opened his second restaurant. So. From that one, hey, buddy, can you help me out with the design of this restaurant and me taking it to the ridiculous degree of designing everything, um, it's turned into three Semitas Pueblos, a Jinju um, here locally, and uh, two Brightwalk Kitchens. So I'm not sure where it's headed. Um, it's all very organic right now, um, but it's fun uh, and it allows me to swing a hammer. Yeah. And, yeah. and how would you describe your aesthetic? Super clean. Um, you guys know, um, if you know, I, I will sometimes not to you, I promise, uh, as a client, I will sometimes put ornamentation on things so that you'll take it away. Um, because I want it to be unbelievably clean. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like I said before, like Van Develt said, the ornament is, has no life of its own. So certainly, uh, if you came into my home, you'd see it was a, a very minimalist place. Um, I'm constantly trying to get rid of stuff. And, and the truth is it's harder to do that than, than it's harder to have nothing on the paper, on the piece of paper than it is to have everything on there. So yeah. that's my style. Certainly. And you help guide us 
as a, I think our branding goes along too in this evolution a little bit on how to cleanly present this neighborhood. Sure, in a way I, I yell at you all the time. Yeah, you do, you do, but we need it sometimes, right? <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm just no, joking. it's it's sometimes you just need it. Sometimes, and, and we do too. We just need a second thought. You know, we need to show it off and and be willing to to know that you're wrong. And in our case, you know, know that you know this is not the right way. But, you know, plenty of examples within a neighborhood guide of of us, of us pushing a limit that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to get something done that really we needed to take a step back and, and try and clean it up. And I think it came through really well in the neighborhood guide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, so do you have a piece, a favorite piece of furniture you designed recently for Jinju or for that? I designed walk? myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny. It, it's, uh, yeah, I just, I guess I just finished, um, so there's two types of furniture that I designed for the, for commercially. And, um, one I just finished for Brightwalk. Um, we, we designed stuff that's functional, um, couches or, or a chair or lights. We, those are, those seem to be the most popular ones. I mean, we have a site of scene light, light, a vanity light on our website. That's, it's getting it's really a lot cool. of, Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> and so simple. I don't know why people just don't do it themselves. Um, but, the, uh, but then the other side of it is we designing installation furniture. Mm-hmm. Um, the original bright walk kitchen had, um, 20,000 chopsticks sticking out of the mm-hmm. wall to spell wow. out and very See, I, I was in that restaurant year like oh, really? years ago I was in that and I was like I love this place I'm like oh, now I know that you oh. yeah so it's like oh. it's really wonderful oh, yeah thank you. yeah so what we did was we we designed the, their their theme of course is the future is bright um, which is obvious but we took that and um, took their their typography which they designed originally we didn't we don't have anything to do with their graphic design which is kind of ironic uh, and made four foot tall letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of chopsticks yeah, so really cool. if you go to the website you'll see it or go to their website you'll see it and uh, we drilled individual holes into the wall and, and mm-hmm. poked them through mm-hmm. um, initially we thought it would take a little bit of time but we didn't realize it was going to take two weeks of constant poking, right. poking holes or poking oh chopsticks in the holes. so but now for this latest one uh, I finished it's a bench seating um, the owner Jeremy is, is a younger guy and so he's really into social media and uh, he wanted an Instagram moment so we created a, a, a bench that's a big framed wall piece mm-hmm. that you're able to sit inside. And behind it is 8,000 uh, one-inch wooden knobs, wooden balls that are, that, are, that are straight oak. And so they're just raw wood that's been sealed. And they're in a pattern on the, behind you. Mm-hmm. And above the pattern... It's, yeah, uh, I saw on the website, it almost looks like if you don't... If you look at it really fast, it you, looks like penny tiles, mm-hmm, like from exactly, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so it, you, you don't see it until you you don't know what they are until you mm-hmm. up on it. If you have a picture taken, so it does say the future is bright in in a, in a, in a script um, in a script font, but you won't see it until you take a picture. So even when you're in the restaurant itself, which is kind of cool, and I I, I love to admit to, to say that I did it on purpose, but I didn't. Uh, it just happened to be cool to turn out that way. Is um, when you're in the restaurant, you it's harder to see, but as soon as you put your camera up or your okay. phone up to take a picture. It became it, it's clear as day, so you don't really know it's there until right. until you take the picture, which is kind of cool. Excellent. Um, so we like to end every interview with this question: uh, If you could choose to ch- switch places with any Andersonville business or a few businesses, which would you choose and why? 
Uh, well, the few businesses is, is easy. I mean, obviously, like I said before, the the community here and, and, and everybody, it, it's not just Andersonville people know it. Everybody in the city knows that Andersonville has the best businesses, best restaurants, things like that. But, um, you know, who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to work at, you know, women and children first to read all day and, yeah. and to do things like that. But um, I think that uh, I'll, I'll give you an answer that's might be a little bit uh, tangential here to our subject, but um, I would actually choose... Um, Great Lakes Clinical Trails. Okay, cool. Um, Nobody has picked them yet. Oh. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, uh, something that most people don't know. I, I am a. Um, I'd love to be able to go back as soon as my daughter graduates and, and goes off to college, perhaps after college, and when I can find the time and uh, energy, is to go back to school for my doctorate in evolutionary biology. So I am pretty much obsessed with um, the science behind that and. You know, it's, you know, the CRISPR technology, um, gene editing is what Mm -hmm. that is. Um, You know, the clinical trials that are going on right now are super important. And even though this is what they do is at the minute level of of data collection, basically, um, imagine being on the team that is able to uh, wipe out a disease, Mm -hmm. to be on that team to find the gene or gene sequences or combination of gene sequences that helps to combat Alzheimer's. and just to see the raw data would just, I mean, I'm nerding out here with you, but um, <laughs> just to see that kind of raw data would be amazing. Um, you know, we, we're very close to, as a, as a science community, um, being able to wipe out diseases that, that are able to be tracked down to one gene sequence. And those kinds of things that they're doing, you know, over there, um, you know, in Ashland are, are the baseline of that. You know, they're providing them with the, with the studies um, to do that. Not, it's not just about weight loss. You know, they're doing right. things for Alzheimer's. And, Absolutely. But I would like to do their weight loss trial as well. That would be helpful to me. Yeah. I would like them to <laughs> get rid of lice. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or mosquitoes. We could do, mosquitoes. We, yeah, we could do that with CRISPR soon. So, so. Well, thank you, Newman, for being here. Of course. And thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast. For more information about Michael Newman, please visit estudiochase.com. To check out some of Newman's design work, please visit Jinju located at 5203 North Clark or Brightwalk Kitchen at their Adams location or their new location opening soon at 631 North State. For show notes on today's episode, visit andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast, is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor, a gallery, shop, performance, recording, and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.